Shabamaniacs. You're listening to another episode of the Shop Talk Show podcast all about web design development. I'm Dave Designbug Rupert, and with me is Chris. Three pixels to the left, Coyer. Hey, Chris. <laughs> I was wondering what you were going to do. Is like, is he going to go like Chris Color Palette, Coyer? Chris, oh, yeah, round yeah. the corners, Coyer. I don't know. Make the logo bigger. <laughs> Dave is, of course, doing design jokes as we're going to spend the hour talking with a designer and, and someone who can help teach you design, too. Uh, uh, we don't talk about design enough on this show, probably. It's a fundamentally super important thing uh, to all the work that we do. So let's get into it with Laura Elizabeth. Hey, Laura. Hey, how's it going? Fantastic! Thanks for coming on the show. In fact, you reached out to us. I th- I think because you're, you've, yeah, and and you just because you're you're doing some new stuff. In fact, your website in the footer says Laura Elizabeth is a designer turned product creator. Uh, are the and the product in this case is 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 educational, isn't it? Yep, exactly. Well, I have two products. So I have a WordPress plugin and then now a design course. So I've been a freelancer for the last seven years and then start of January this year, I turned into just full-time products, which is awesome. Oh, that's great. So part of it oh, is... that's impressive jump. In the, in the, so just t- tell us, where, I mean, maybe let's, let's start even before the products. Like what's, what's your history a little bit? And then we'll get into, uh, into where the idea for these products came from. Yeah. So, I mean, I've been a designer for a while. So I studied design in college. I actually started with programming, um, but I kept getting told off for trying to make things look too pretty. So I went into design and um, I did that all throughout college and university. And when I left, I joined an agency and I was a junior designer there for a while before uh, branching out and starting freelancing. So I've been freelancing for the past seven years. Um, developers were always my favorite clients, which is kind of how I got on to doing a design course for developers because they were always the most fun to work with. They had the best ideas. Is that um, right? So a developer would come to you that needed some freelance design work and you'd work together on whatever that thing was and you liked them as clients as opposed to like, I don't know, a, a brand or a bakery or <laughs> something yeah, like that. Yeah, exactly. Because it was because they obviously understand how the web works which a lot of clients don't so I ended up when I worked with clients I'd work with a client and a developer and I'd sort of end up being this kind of go-between between between the client and the developer and trying to make both sides happier and it was just easier without the client so it was easier when the developer was the client because we could just focus on what we actually needed to do Um, yeah I've never heard that before but I love that yeah, you'd be like a, a freelancer. It's like if you're if you're not a developer, I, I kind of don't want to work with you. <laughs> yeah, I ended up changing no, I mean, a bunch of my yeah. Well, I did change a bunch of my branding and stuff to to specifically talk to developers because they were just they were just my favorite clients. I just preferred working with them. Um, they always had really good ideas, and yeah, I just I thought if I could only work with one type of client, it would just be developers. See, I'm going to make sure I put de- developers have the best ideas like on, on my, uh, you know, <laughs> I'm going to make a wallpaper for my computer and give it to my company. <laughs> they have a lot of ideas. <laughs> they have a lot of ideas. Yeah. So you were building, what kind of things were you building at the time? Um, a lot of it was marketing websites. So, um, and I'd also do a bit on their you know, software products and stuff like that. So web apps and things, and then the marketing website for those web apps, um, which was, it it was pretty fun. I, I, 
yeah, I did. I sort of did a mixture, um, mostly marketing websites because I quite like the um, the sales side of things as well. And you know, talking about mm. things like funnels and you know, getting people onto your list and the strategy behind that. That was always really interesting to me. Um, and you ha- kind of have a bit more, um, I guess, creative freedom when you're doing a marketing website. It can be a bit more. You don't have to worry too as much about. Um, user experience I mean obviously it's really important but it's kind of easy-ish to get right on a marketing website with an app there's so much that goes into user experience and I find that I spend a lot of time just just wireframing constantly Um, and it can it can get really hard when I'm doing a, a, a web app because there's just so much to think about and then test and then redo and then you find that you know everything that you've done you know people it's not as intuitive as you thought it was going to be so you kind of have to go back and figure it out so mm. yeah well you know exactly that's that's the truth and yeah isn't aren't marketing pages can be so fun because one of the things i think of is how much real estate you have you know when you're in the app land a lot of times you're not you're not designing something that can can scroll and breathe and it has all these menus and st- you kind of like can I don't know. You have some space to. Yeah, you're a lot less restricted to work. Yeah. Yeah, I love that. Okay, and and and, and I also think it's these are probably some smart de- developers to to be working with you and bring somebody on who's clearly very good at design. I, I have here in my own notes that I wrote is design cheating because sometimes I think of it that way. If you if you if you're a developer and you work on some little app and you just are like, eh, I can handle the design part and you slap together some you know, gnarly looking homepage for whatever your thing is. It's an app or it's a plugin or it's some kind of thing you're trying to convince the world is great. You can get just way more mileage out of it should you invest in the design side, or at least that's my perception of it. Do you find that to be true? Yeah, I think so. It's it's one of those things. It's really hard. So a lot of developers have, like I mentioned, they have a lot of ideas. So they have a lot of side projects they want to do. Some are like open source or things like that. And there just isn't the budget there to hire a designer, even though it would save them so much time. Um, so really the idea behind the course was um, to help those developers who have these side projects and they want to make it look decent as quickly as possible they're not under any illusions that it's going to be win any awards or do anything like that, but they just want to make it look really nice, just clean, easy to understand, um, easy to absorb. And then, you know, if their product idea takes off and they start making some money for it from it, then they can go back and then reinvest into maybe hiring a designer or something like that. But um, the idea isn't to turn them into designers because you're right, it just it's it's kind of like a black hole and it could, you could spend just weeks and come up with something that you're still not happy with um, and it just feels like a lot of wasted time and you know time is money you know when you're if you're focusing too much on that you're not focusing on selling so it's just trying to find that middle ground between those two things so, so you're describing the kind of the target audience for your course there right this is for you tell us about the course yeah so the course is I mean the idea for the course came about from the freelance work that I was doing. So I was working with these developers. Um, they had maybe an idea that was, it, well, it was a working product that was profitable so they could reinvest. But then they had all these new ideas that they didn't necessarily want to invest in it, it, 
in a designer at that stage until they'd validated it a little bit more. Um, so the idea was to um, help those developers make their side projects look really good, um, whether that's the app stage or whether it's the marketing website or whatever it is, in pretty much the shortest time possible without turning them into a designer. Um, so I think if if a lot of developers have these basic design principles in place, it's something that will really help them moving forward, you know, basically forever. Because the great thing about design as opposed to development is that design doesn't really change that much. Um, obviously, we have trends and, you know, you can follow the trends if you want. You can do something completely different. But the basic principles pretty much stay the same. And if, if you just know a little bit about how to design, you can get really far. So it's it's a skill that's going to last you for a really long time, as opposed to, you know, when you're working development, things are just changing so often. There's new frameworks you've got to learn. There's just um, a lot going on. So it's quite nice to be able to learn something that you know is going to last. So this is, it's for that type of person, but you really are, you're teaching design fundamentals and design yeah. core design principles. And okay. Yeah. And that's, it, 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 let's spoil them a little bit, huh? What what are they? Is it, are you teaching, you know, picking nice fonts and, you know, you should have a some grasp of line height or and pick some colors that go together and here's some easy to make mistakes, that kind of thing. Yeah. I mean, it, it's kind of got that going on. My One of the big things that I, I try to get across is the idea of debugging design as opposed to try and design something from scratch. So, I try to teach you how to recognize. Let's go into that. Yeah. So, <laughs> what is what is debugging design? It's kind of like a little term that I'm attempting to coin. Um, so, it actually came. So, it actually came about. Um, my partner was building a gaming machine, um, and he was. You know, he spent ages. He was basically in the bathroom on the tiled floor, trying piecing this thing together. It took like a whole day, um, and he finally put it all together and then he plugged it in and switched it on and absolutely nothing happened. And I was thinking he's going to completely freak out because, you know, he spent all this time and it just doesn't work. But he kind of surprised me because he just said, oh, okay, so, you know, I'm going to just figure out what's wrong and fix it. And he, you know, started debugging his machine. Um, and what really, what really sort of clicked with me at that moment was that's, pretty much how I design. So I'll spend a whole day and I'll be working on a design and I know it's going to look, it's not going to look great. It's not going to look how I want it. Um, but because I know that I'm expecting it, I'm comfortable with it. And I know that the process of design actually starts when you've got something that you can debug. Um, so I thought that was really interesting because when my partner, he's a developer, when he starts to design, um, he'll get something in front of him. He'll spend a day or so doing something and then he'll say, it looks rubbish. I give up. I can't design. I'm not creative. It's just not in me to do this. Um, and so I really want to get across that that's not the case. Um, it's just the same as if you're building a gaming machine and it doesn't switch on. You don't have to worry. Um, it doesn't matter that it doesn't look good or doesn't look what you expected. Um, now is actually the time where you can actually start to design. So you kind of go through then once you've got a finished piece and you go through and you learn how to identify where the problem areas are and then you learn how to fix them. So I kind of teach it in that kind of um, process. So um, 
I try to get, so the students who go through the course, I try to get them to a finished design as quickly as possible um, without giving them the expectation that what they come up with is going to look any good. And then we focus the rest of the time on just trying to piece by piece, tweak it, make it look good. Um, and yeah, that's that's basically what well, I do. Another interesting approach. So you like, let's make sure you have a final product early in what you're learning and then and then it'll probably be full of stuff that could be a lot better and then the rest of the time you spend fixing what they got. Yeah, exactly. It's probably going to look bad, but you'll get there really quickly. And um, from speaking to people, that's been a really big help for them because they say, you know, probably the number one thing that people say to me is that they just can't start. They have no idea where to start and they worry about it and they think it's got to look good uh, from the get-go. So they'll start with like the navigation and then they'll work on the, the hero section or something and they'll try to make that look great before they move on to the next section. And it just takes forever. Um, so if you can get them to a finished, at least a f- one finished screen really, really quickly with, you know, basically as, as minimal, it's going to obviously take a bit of effort, but, you know, as minimal effort as you can, then you can actually start to start the design process. And are you right in HTML and CSS or is this, are you, are you not, not using those tools? Are you like, let's do this in Sketch or Figma or Photoshop or whatever? So it's up to the, it's up to the people who um, take the course. A lot of people go straight to the browser. Um, I actually recommend starting in software if you can, but I, you know that's just because I find it's a lot easier to um, experiment when you when you don't have to worry about you know the code. Um, it's a lot easier to just change things faster. So anytime I've designed in the browser, um, it's taken me a lot longer to get to something I'm comfortable with and I'm usually I usually give up a lot faster so the end result for me isn't as good as when I start in software and I can just really easily move things around and I I don't worry too much about making it you know pixel perfect or anything like that it's just to kind of get me somewhere as as quickly as possible but I do have loads of people who go through and they design in the browser Um, so it's kind of it's personal preference and really um, what you're most efficient in, I think, is the most important thing. Interesting. Yeah, I know personally, I feel like I love working in the browser primarily, or like, I don't know, it's, I spend most of my time, but that I'm not particularly creative there. And that my, my time in there, like my, my creativity is used for, I don't know, creative CSS solutions to design problems or whatever, but not... Like, I, I wouldn't, like, start with a blank canvas of HTML and CSS and really, like, explore layout possibilities and color possibilities and what's next to what and what's... Uh, yeah. And much, feel much quicker and more exploratory in not the browser. Yeah, I think, I think that's right. And I, I think, I mean... I wouldn't say you have to design in in software. I think design, if you're especially if you're fast, I'm actually just really slow at designing in the browser anyway. Um, but if it's something that you do every single day and you're pretty quite fast at it, um, and you don't really feel like you need the software, then absolutely just keep doing what you're doing. Um, you're probably going to have to have a bit of a pen and paper next to you to kind of do that more, uh, just sketch out layouts and just figure out where things are going to go, and then you know look for inspiration and stuff like that and just try to have some kind of plan. Um, but yeah, especially if you're doing something simple, I think um, designing in the browser can 
can work. It's just, yeah, for me personally, I'm slow and it takes me a long time. <laughs> What's your tooling like, Dave, these days? For design? Mm, uh, mm, uh, <laughs> I mean, you know, I, I don't know. I, I think it, I do a lot of prototyping in the browser and that, that's just for me. Um, but I also work with two designers who still, they use Photoshop. We were kind of having a design discussion this week about, you know, the classic sketch first Photoshop sort of thing. Uh, I'd be curious where you land there. Uh, but just that they felt like Photoshop, Sketch is way more, I guess, oriented for like flat design. Does that make, you know, maybe that's a, a overgeneralization, but uh, they, they felt like they couldn't just be weird and like use a bunch of filters and like just really make something bad and then like work back from there. Uh, so they kind of liked the Photoshop sort of thing. So I don't know, we kind of work around there. I do a lot in uh, Illustrator so that I can. I know I can then kind of have an SVG to work with and then kind of manipulate that. That's something I do. Um, I, I, yeah, I, I'm not really a great example here. I do, I do, uh, I use the software Affinity Designer uh, just because there's no sketch for, for Windows and it's kind of like a, I don't know, like a pixel meter sort of thing. And I, I can kind of express myself there a little bit, but, um, but yeah. I've heard good things about Affinity, actually. I've wanted to try it myself. Um, just to, a lot of people say they've been using it and they find it, it's a really nice alternative to Photoshop. Um, yeah, well, and it's it's kind of just, you know, I, I don't want to install Creative Cloud on the machine and, and download everything and, and do all that, you know, and, and it's always updating and stuff. So I like the Affinity just I don't know. It does what I want. It's almost like a, a fireworksy feel to it. Um, but yeah, yeah. I think uh, I have a I I have sort of an I guess kind of an unpopular opinion when it comes to tools, Sketch versus Photoshop and all that. I, I actually kind of agree with the with them. Um, your colleagues who you were talking about, um, in that if you're designing a marketing website, for example, it's I've used both and Photoshop is so much easier uh, for me, not only because I've used it for so ridiculously long, so I'm pretty fast in it, um, but also when you're doing a marketing website, a lot really comes down to imagery. Um, even if you're not creating imagery from scratch, you know, you're, you, you need to edit a photograph or you need to do something, you know, you need to, you have an illustration that you download from somewhere and you need to change the colors. So it matches your color brand and you can do that in, uh, Illustrator. Um, I know you can do that specifically in Sketch, but um, there's a lot in Photoshop when it comes to imagery, like you were talking about the filters and stuff. Um, yeah, I mean, you you get things. It's like, oh, you can't do that. The CEO hates purple, and you're like, oh, okay. <laughs> like, I'm gonna re-photo shoot, I guess, or you know, so or like go back to iStock and find the non-purple one. You know, yeah. there's stuff like that that happens all the time. Um, yeah, it's such a powerful tool. I, but I understand why people shy away from it. Yeah, it's hard. To, I think it's hard to learn, and I'm. I guess I'm lucky because I learned it when I was in school, just for you know stupid reasons, really, to make silly pictures with my friends um, and stuff like that. But mm -hmm. um, it's yeah. I I always I do wonder if I was using Photoshop for the first time today whether I'd actually be able to make anything because it is so powerful. Um, I wonder how easy or difficult I would find that. And maybe in that respect, Sketch is a better solution. Um, I haven't actually used Sketch for, 
for a while. Um, I bought it back before it was subscription. So I think I don't have the latest version anymore because I think they stopped that now. Um, but it was a little bit buggy as well when I was using it. And I haven't switched to the subscription because I don't want another um, subscription. <laughs> This episode of Shop Talk Show is brought to you in part by Rollbar. One of the most frustrating things we all deal with in our day-to-day development lives is dealing with errors, you know? Like, we don't want to be relying on our users to be reporting errors to us or searching through log files to try to debug issues. Such a waste of time. Time that could have been spent coding. With Rollbar, you instantly know what's broken and why. So Rollbar detects when code breaks in real time and provides a full stack trace and diagnostic data to help you defeat these impactful errors. You can integrate Rollbar into your existing workflow pretty easily. You can have er- errors be sent to, you know, your HipChat or Slack or whatever, or create new issues in Jira or Pivotal Tracker or Trello or whatever. Uh, you can you can add the, the Rollbar JavaScript SDK super easily into an app. It's just a few lines of code. Some JavaScript you need to add to your thing. Here's a, you know, speaking of JavaScript, for you JavaScript nerds, here's a couple of cool features. One, it has source map support. So if, you know, even if you're shipping like super minified code, it will look at your source map and still give you a stack trace through your JavaScript to the place the error actually happened. Super useful. And telemetry. JavaScript telemetry gives a timeline of browser events leading up to an error. So it's like a black box recorder for when your web app crashes. Go to rollbar.com slash shop talk show. Get the bootstrap plan for free. So it's used by, you know, Heroku, Twilio, Kayak, Zendesk, all kinds of give Rollbar a try for free. That's rollbar.com slash shop talk. So I guess when you're teaching, I guess, developers how to design or kind of this debugging process, I mean, do you mostly focus on the marketing or do you, like, are you pulling like into like app UI design? Because I imagine a lot of people have all, all that whole system, you know, is that kind of where you want people to get to? Yeah. So for this course, I'm focusing on marketing websites purely because it's easier to teach the basic principles with a marketing website because you don't have to um, worry as much about, um, you know, UX and stuff that you'd have to worry about. I think, I feel like designing an app is so different from designing a marketing website. And I I don't know if I would be able to teach the principles as effectively uh, without making some horrible UX, you know, mistakes. Um, so the this course is focused on... Um, marketing websites but then I plan on releasing a bunch of add-on courses for people who want to go down different tracks so there's a lot of people who um, need to know more about UX and how to design uh, web apps or something like that you know dashboards and um, onboarding and all this kind of thing and then there's a lot of people who want to learn more about marketing websites uh, that's going to you know look great and also boost conversions so we're going to go down that route you know what a checkout flow you know what you need to consider when you're doing a checkout flow or um, a pricing page or you know if you have a SaaS or if you have something else so it's it when I was sort of creating the course um, it was really hard to encompass all of that so I decided to have this uh, first one that I've released is called design fundamentals and that's basically just the it's the principles um, taught with a marketing website so if you've got an mm-hmm. if you've got a web app or something, I, I recommend people do the marketing website for that web app just to learn it, um, and then you sh- you're going to be able to branch off and you know choose your whatever tracks that you want to eventually. Um, I just haven't I haven't got around to doing that yet. I think this is good. I, I you know somebody uh, sent I was in I'm into RSS readers, which is 
<laughs> nice. You're a nerd. Um, but uh, somebody sent me one, and they were like, hey, why don't you use this one? You know, it's free. It's open source. And I just was like, oh, well, I, one, I didn't even know um, it was on. So uh, so I uh, reached out to them, and I just, or I just, I was looking at the, the page, and I just said, um, well, okay, here's why, like, I wouldn't use it is because I, there's not a screenshot on the page. Uh, like, there's, it's just a heap of text. And then it just says, like, go to this GitHub. And I just was like, well, I don't want to do that. I want to, like, see the product, and I want to, like, see what that RSS reader looks like or feels like and, and uh, kind of experience it before you even install it or give money or do the open source. And so I just, yeah, it's, it's yeah. I think it's very valuable, uh, you know, if you working late nights on a little side project and, and you're trying to get it right and then sudden you don't like or I don't know and all, all of a sudden no one like downloads your thing you're going to be gutted but if you did a little bit of work in the design element um, or it's kind of a lot of work but if you just started kind of like sunk your teeth into that side of things uh, I think the payoff's huge. Yeah, I think uh, marketing websites often take a, a little bit of, they're a bit of an afterthought a lot of the time. Um, but like you said, they are really important. And I actually had an experience where with my first product client portal, which is the WordPress plugin, um, I, I, when I was just, when I sort of started selling that, I put up a really rubbish landing page. Um, and it, it wasn't very well designed anyway. And then Typekit broke. So all the fonts were like Times New Roman or something. And it just looked awful. And um, I, I, I sort of, I wasn't really getting that many sales. And then I redesigned the website. And I actually had people email in who bought and said, I bought when you redesigned the website. Because when you had your old website, I wasn't convinced that you actually put any that you were actually putting work into the product because the marketing website wasn't very good. Um, so, but now you've given me more confidence that this is something that you're actually actively updating. You know, it's something uh, that's worth paying money for. Um, so that was a, quite eye-opening for me that uh, just a redesign um, of the marketing website where the product stayed exactly the same uh, really increased the amount of people who bought because it increased nice. the trust. Design truck. is cheating. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. It just... It, Get, it helps people trust you, I suppose, that they think, oh, this is actually legit. <laughs> yeah, if I was looking, if I was in Dave's position looking at two RSS readers, one of them had no demo or a junky front page, and, uh, and some other one had some great marketing page that showed me all the experience of using it and stuff, it would be a no-brainer to me. I, wouldn't, I probably wouldn't look at a list of features that I want and compare and see which two have features that I'm more interested in. It would just I would just look at the nicely designed landing page one and be like, I'm going to use that one because yeah. I mean, just it just better. looks better. It turned in, like, a, that one in particular had, like, a dollar a month I could pay for, like, for a hosted version, you know? Uh, mm -hmm. uh, and I went with the $5 a month one. So, like, <laughs> like I'm, you know, a 5x conversion just for a little bit of design, you know? Uh, that seems yeah. like free money to me, but... Yeah. Yep. I saw a landing page the other just yesterday. I was looking at one that I thought was really well done. I have the home page of a service, you know, and they had like a block quote style kind of testimonial thing on there, and it was so cool looking. It had this like, you know, uh, like a watercolor like splash behind it, and then over that was like a dark, a dark colored 
speech bubble looking shape where the actual text of the testimonial is in. And then the, you know, it had a, because it's a speech bubble, it had a little arrow pointing down to an avatar of the person who was saying it and their name next to that. And then like, there was some like emphasized words in the block quote that had this like cool gradient underline underneath the word. So it was like, it was emphasis without being a link. It just was really nice looking. I even tweeted it, I think. And I was like, it, it did, I did have that moment, too, where I was like, I'll bet you a nickel they didn't do that in Sketch, you know? <laughs> it reminded me of what Dave said, you know, that they, you know, that it just doesn't encourage that type of, like, weirdness. There's too many, like, textures and raster stuff going on here that sometimes design, the design tool doesn't necessarily encourage. Like, that was, you know, yeah. pho- Photoshop, that would have been great to do it in because Photoshop has all these has vector tools on top of raster tools and the ability to apply these textures and patterns and things. Yeah. And then you just got to figure out how to translate that. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Sounds like they did a good job. There's like a huge translation process, isn't there? So, uh, yeah, yeah, that's true. Sounds Those are the challenges I enjoy though, you know? Yeah, but I wonder. I wonder what's going to happen. I wonder if, if too many people buy into these tool into a tooling that's. Uh, I, don't know, I don't know. I don't even know where I was about to say, but I've been enjoying Figma a lot, which is maybe even more slightly more limited feature set than Sketch, but it solves this other design problem of of like collaboration on design. So it's real easy for me to just invite all the designers I'm working with into Figma and we're all on the same team. We all have access to the same stuff. There's all shared pattern libraries in there and it's just, you can comment back and forth in there. It feels like a very modern web app uh, and, and I, I use it just for those features. Like I think there's enough design power in it that that combined with all of its collaborative abilities is like wow. Yeah, the collaboration thing is huge. It's um, it's that's really hard still. Um, it, you know, when I work with uh, teams of people, collaborating in Photoshop is just not easy. I mean, you can do things like you can have um, uh, what they call smart objects, which you can sort of make, I guess, a basic pattern library, but it's just not too intuitive and I haven't actually looked into Figma but um, yeah it's the I think it's the collaboration part that makes it really hard Um, especially and I think it's more important if you're doing an app or something like that Um, I tend to just when I'm doing a marketing website I sort of have Photoshop and I I guess I think of it as like a a sketch pad Um, and then once it's in the browser I don't really go back to Photoshop but if I was working in a a team um, it would be a different story and yeah, I'd be, I'd actually be interested to look into Figma and see. I'm, I'm always just curious about how large teams function when they have designers and developers and multiple of them and how they keep everything. Um, yeah, I don't know the answer to that either. Like teams are pretty small, but even when you're working with just one other person, that collaboration design-wise is great. It just feels nicer to me than a shared Dropbox folder or the, you know, what's the joke everybody makes, final, 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 final stuff, <laughs> yeah. you know. Yeah, it's yeah. never like there's not a smooth process. I know like companies like Abstract are trying to make that you know a little more, like version controlly and, and a little more collaborative. Um, I'm interested to see where that goes because it it's definitely I don't know it, GitHub has some, in some ways mastered social coding. You know, um, in in a lot of ways, social design is still tough. It's yeah. still difficult. It's still you know, making sure everyone has the latest version of the whatever, the color palette or the whatever. Um, 
like that's still yeah. that's it's tough. A, it's a difficult one. I did. A, I've done a lot of um, research into design systems because I've just I'm fascinated by them and how teams use them. And um, but it's it's so much work putting something like this together that your whole team can use and actually find useful and work with different people's workflows and yeah it's a minefield yeah i mean i think our current process right now and uh, is like take screenshots and kind of hack them in photoshop you know <laughs> like 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 how does this look, yeah you know with this and you're like um let's I like that workflow. I mean, I know it's probably a little janky sounding, but I find that way too. Like Laurie said, you design in Photoshop and then you get to the browser and then you probably don't go back to Photoshop. I find that's mostly true. But if you ever do go back to Photoshop, it's usually you take a screenshot of the browser window, drop it into Photoshop and then start smashing it apart, you know? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, because it's a more realistic view of what you've got because even between Photoshop and the browser, things pretty much always change. Mm -hmm. So Photoshop becomes outdated pretty sometimes quickly. It's, sometimes it's about the idea. You know, it's like, here's this with a sans serif or, you know, a, a weird, you know, slab serif heading or something. You're just trying to convey the idea quick. And that screenshot to Photoshop is um, kind of fast. But, uh, Laura, I'd be curious. Uh, so I, you know, I'm a developer. Uh, I think it's great, first of all, that you are democratizing design. I like trying to or, or trying to get, you know, because there's often like a developer versus designer war always going on or something. Um, and, yeah. you know, and it's look, developers can't design. They, you know, they don't understand this uh, beautiful uh, time-honored discipline since Dieter Rams, you know. Uh, but, but I think, you know, I think there's a, a, I, I think a lot of people can do it to to a uh, rudimentary level or or to kind of a a just I don't know like understanding the basics. I think most people can understand the basics. It's not super super hard. Uh, but I guess so. If I'm a developer and I'm sitting in front of like a, a blank canvas or whatever, what do you have tips for like finding inspiration or drumming that up or or you know what? How do I, how do I, what's, how do I draw the first stroke on the canvas? Yeah. So, I mean, I'd, I'd probably answer that from a marketing website point of view because it's, um, it's a little bit different. Um, but the first thing that I do is I, um, I always start any design I do in a Google doc. Um, so say I'm doing a landing page or I'm doing a pricing page or I'm doing whatever I'm doing, a blog or something. Um, I'll, basically write the entire page in a Google Doc. And I'll actually use uh, the formatting in Google Docs to figure out things like hierarchy. So, you know, I'll use the the headings uh, H1 and then I'll use the H2 and then I'll use bullet points for maybe if I'm doing, if I've got like three key features or something and um, I'll, I'll emphasize certain words by like making them bold. And I'll actually do a lot of the, because they're design decisions too. Um, and I'll do that straight in the Google Doc because I'm not actually, um, I'm not focusing on things like color or anything like that. And I'm getting the content done first. Um, and that also helps, you know, I always say if a landing page can convert as a Google Doc, you're doing something right. Um, 
And I've actually known people who have had landing pages that are a Google Doc and they have actually converted um, for things like, you know, even services design. You know, if you've got something productized and they've actually done really, really well because that's how important the content is. Um, So it's really worth spending some time there. Um, But the other thing that that does, which is really useful, is once you've been formatting the different, you know, the different content areas that you're going to have, that helps you when you're then looking for inspiration because you know what you're looking for. Um, so say you have uh, three bullet points with maybe two lines of text underneath. So you've got like a heading, two lines of text, and you've got that three times. You can then go to these uh, different inspiration websites, and I'll tell you a few of my favorites in a minute if you're interested. And you can just look for other websites that have got the, because that's quite a common pattern, the three um the three points and you know there's a ton of different ways that you could show that you could show them next to each other with an icon on top or maybe in the three boxes with like a illustration or something or a photograph or you know you could have them below each other with an image next to it if it's something that needs explaining more um you know as an image like a screenshot or something like that and that just gives you loads of ideas and you then know what you're looking for um and so what i do is i then i take every single Uh, content pattern that I have and I just will spend ages just looking through all my favorite inspiration sources and finding those content patterns and I'll screenshot those when I find them and then I'll um I'll sort of stitch those together to basically make my layout um so once I have that I I have a layout you know I'll either screenshot them and stitch them together in photoshop or if it's quite simple I'll just I usually to be honest just have a pen and paper next to me and I'll just remember the bit what I was going to do, you know, our image is going to go here, mm-hmm. something's going to go here. Um, and that's when I then take it into Photoshop or whatever you're using. Um, and then I just basically will use a nice font, I don't know, something like Open Sans, just whatever the most default nice font that you have is. And I'll, you know, copy that text into the document roughly in that layout. Um, and then you've got, you know, you don't have to worry about the imagery just yet, but you've, you've, even with just that, you've pretty much started. You've got something that you can work with. Um, and then you can just, like I say, just start going over it and start adding the, you know, you can go through the colors. Um, and obviously in the talk course, I teach you how to choose decent colors and how to spot good ones and bad ones and all that kind of thing. You can look at the the font if you're not happy with the default one that you've chosen. You can try a few different ones. Um, and then you can go into the imagery, um, which for a lot of people is the hardest part. Um, but, you know, you can, there's an awful lot you can do if you can't draw. Um, you don't, a lot of people think, you know, to do something with imagery, they have to be able to draw. Um, but there's so many um, resources out there that um, I actually came across one recently. I'm trying to think if I can remember the name, but it's basically free illustrations that are really, really mm. high quality, really nice. Um, I think I, I think I remember I, I would think it's the same, yeah. Because it was like it was like they were like weirdly nice, and they're yeah. they're built built for k- kind of for marketing web apps almost, and they're like full color vector illustrations. Gosh, what was yeah, that? and you anyway, can change the color in the browser, so you can if you have a brand color, you just change it in that little drop down, and it'll change all the colors so it's branded your color. Um, but I'll I'll um I'll find the URL, and you can you know, post it in a show notes or anything like that. Um, but there's just, there's a lot of resources that are coming out now that are really helpful um, for people who feel like they can't design because they kind of take the hard work out of it. Um, you just have to make it match, basically. 
so then when I'm kind of working through this design, I, I, you know, I like that sketch it out in Google Docs, kind of like just get your type right. I think we talked about it. We had Tim Brown from uh, Typekit on a while ago, but, um, you know, and, and we talked a lot about the, the type choices being kind of the soul of the website. And I like that, you know, in Google Docs, you can really kind of start the soul of that page and how it's laying out, you know, does this text get centered? Does this text go, you know, what are these words we're working with? I think that's really cool and very content, uh, like starting with content, content first uh, sort of approach. I like that. Um, and then from this kind of debugging idea, you know, I, I can ship that <laughs> Word doc or, or Google doc and then I, then it's kind of just iterating, right? It's kind of like, oh, you know what? The, there needs to be a button here because no one knows to click on the thing, okay, I'm gonna just do that. Or, you know, I you know, need a more prominent hero section or, or featured item, so I can just kinda add that. I like that approach very much. Yeah. It kind of it it's a lot of it's really a mindset change. Um, you know, you and another reason I really always liked working with developers is because um most pretty much all of them that I've worked with um, have very good taste in design. And obviously, you know, if they're, you know, these are the ones that are coming to me to, you know, hire a designer. So obviously they appreciate good design. They really like good design and they can, they can see it. They can tell the difference between good design, design they like and design they don't like. Um, and really all you have to do is try to figure out, okay, why do I like that? And why do I not like mine? Um, and if you can just, you know, change your mindset a little bit it's not just mindset you know there's there's obviously you know principles and rules that you need to follow and stuff um but a huge amount is that mindset thing of them just thinking i can't do this i didn't do it right first time therefore i'm terrible um but it's really just very making very small changes that add up and what will happen over time is um you'll make less changes because you know you'll have learned okay so i need um to put this much spacing between this and this because last time I did it, um, it looked too cramped. So you won't make that mistake again. Um, and then you'll look for something else. And, you know, you just, the more you do it, the more you kind of build up this, um, this knowledge of design, um, which is, you know, it's, it's, it's really interesting to teach because there's just, there's so many very tiny details that sound insignificant, but when they kind of all come together, it makes something really good. So, I mean, hopefully that sort of eases the fear a little bit of uh, designing. It's it's really small things. It's not anything huge unless you're, you know, working at this insane design agency that like wins design awards and are doing something really out there for the most, most people aren't doing that. Um, so it's, it's definitely learnable. Um, it might take a bit of time, but it's definitely doable. <laughs> This episode of Shop Talk Show is brought to you in part by HelloSign. HelloSign helps companies grow revenue faster by automating document workflows with a developer-friendly e-signature API that makes it simple to embed secure and legally binding e-signatures directly into any website. The API is always free during development with the option to self-sign up when purchasing a paid plan. Integrations go smoothly with help from tools like the API dashboard. Developers can send a first API call in minutes and app certification is free. We know that no API can write your code for you, but HelloSign comes close. With in-depth documentation, customizable features, and a dashboard that makes your code easy to debug, 
you won't find an e-signature product with an easier path to implementation. It's two times faster than any other e-signature APIs. HelloSign API, everything IT requires and developers love. Shop Talk Show listeners can get 33% off for new users and business plans using the discount code hellosign.com slash shoptalk. Our thanks to HelloSign for sponsoring this episode of Shop Talk Show. You know, you see people, developers taking this course and like, do you have a, a bead on like what things are resonating with them the most? You know, are they, if you've witnessed some developers have their kind of uh, design aha moment where they... A lot, uh, to be honest, a lot of it is that starting with the Google Doc. I mean, that I'm actually surprised how much that's resonated with people. Um, because I, to be honest, I kind of thought, okay, no one's going to believe me that this makes such a difference. I don't know if they're going to do it. They might just say, oh, this is stupid. I'm not going to bother. I'm just going to, I just want to start with a design. So I'm just going to go straight into the design. Um, but I've had so many people say that has really helped because it's got something down that's something they can then translate to the browser or translate to Photoshop or whatever, to sketch whatever they're using. Um, and then they can just sort of make, make these small changes. Um, so that's, that's yeah. great. So it has a, there's probably a title at the top. There might be one of these like, you know, sentences or paragraphs that explain what's going on. Maybe down below, lower than that, you could, you could probably just say like square bracket, uh, you know, feature icon, paragraph so it's like there's no design to it but you're like you're starting to think about what's going to go on this page when i do design it that's what this google doc thing is about yeah exactly and it kind of you know it helps when you're then looking at other websites for inspiration and you know you you know what you're looking for rather than just being like i really like this website i'm going to copy it (laughs) which you know obviously isn't going to work because you can't just copy a website and what a lot of people do is when they find a website they like they make their content fit the website that they likes content um which isn't going to be the most effective thing and you also risk you know just blatantly copying something which you don't want um but i do think there's a lot of merit in taking design patterns from different websites stitching them together to make your own design because you know a lot of websites use very, very similar patterns and you see them over and over again. Maybe you need a testimonial. So you find that testimonial that you found and maybe there's something you can do with that. You can use, you know, it, that sounds quite unique. So you probably couldn't just copy that outright. Um, but you could do something like it. And maybe there's another testimonial that you see where you like a different element and you can sort of put those together and make something um, of your own. But you don't have to, you don't have to feel like you need to be original to have to have good design um you obviously you don't want to copy anyone but i mean even designers take inspiration from other websites and copy design patterns i do all the time um you just don't want to copy everything so i think we were promised some some of your favorite design resource sites oh yeah so um well, for inspiration, uh, one I really like is called Lapa.ninja, which is L-A-P-A dot N-I-N-G-A. Um, that's really good for inspiration for marketing websites. Um, uh, there's also landbook.com. Um, and another one I really like if you're doing a SaaS website or something like that, I think it's called pricing.xyz. No, actually, I don't know. It's something.xyz. I can, again, find the link um and send it to you um okay cool yeah, i haven't heard of any of these so that's great yeah and the, the reason that one's so good is because um 
Oh, actually, though, that's not the domain I just bought on the website. I don't know what this is. <laughs> but the reason that one's good is um, you can filter by, you know, pricing pages. Maybe that's where I got the URL from, um, you know, and pages based on uh, what the page is trying to do, newsletter pages or something or home pages. Um, and then in terms of like uh, illustrations and stuff like that, if you've got a bit of if you've got some money that you can invest in it um one website i really like is called ui8.net and that's got so many results that's got loads of illustrations some of them are really really high quality really nice icons on there um and it's amazing what you can do when you've just got some really nice design assets that you can use um, especially if you don't mind paying a little bit of money that can make your life so much easier when you're designing something <laughs> I like that too. I think that's kind of fun sometimes if you're stuck or looking for ideas to look at, not only like example full designs, but just example assets, you know, like, whoa, what a weird font or look at this cool illustration. I wonder if I could use that somewhere and whether you use it or not, it might just open your mind up a little bit there. Yeah, exactly. It just adds a bit of um, interest to your designs. Obviously, you don't want to use too many that's going to, you know, bring things that's not really relevant. Um but, you know, nice icons, nice illustrations, they they just look, they just make the website look really nice. They don't serve too much of a purpose a lot of the time, but they, they really help lift a design and make it look really good. So these kind of resources um, are really good. And I have another one, which again, I should have come prepared with a list of resources that I was going to um, share with you. <laughs> but yeah, I can share them with you oh, after. Well, I've got loads. I'm sure you share... Yeah, resources on your Twitter or such as. So I think people can find you. Um, that's a, this is great. Yeah, because I think my next question was, you know, you're like, okay, I want to do a really cool hero unit. And it's like, I cannot draw, especially in a computer app. So I think this uh, this UI8 seems really cool. I just kind of like uh, assets, but not, you know, uh, I guess not not terrible like, like a... <laughs> I don't know, wingdings or whatever, eye stocky. Yeah. Not eye stock. Because that's, that's the tough part too is knowing like where you can get quality resources because I don't know, I, I mean, I search for something vector and, and I just get just garbage, miles of garbage and you spend a whole day and then you just quit because you don't want to do it. Yeah, exactly. And um, I've I've got a few videos that I'm about to post, um, you know, just you know, on Twitter or something like that, where I actually show you how I edit these illustrations because, you know, it's it's one thing to find really nice illustrations and UI8 is a great resource for that. Um, but you normally have to do some editing to make it fit your website. So editing things like colors um, or even placement, you know, sometimes an illustration has has little elements that aren't really relevant to what I'm doing. Like I found one the other day, which I'm using for my redesign of Design Academy, which had loads of like Bitcoin stuff in it. And I'm like, okay, so obviously I don't want to use that. My Design Academy has got nothing to do with Bitcoin. So I just found some similar um, icons that I could switch out that were more related to design. So it kind of looks like I had this custom illustration made, um, but I didn't. I just got it from UI8, but I did some editing. Um, and so I think that's that's another thing that's been really useful for people on the course. So I'm going to be creating some free videos to show how um, how you actually go about doing that 
um, and it's a lot easier than a lot of people think. And the results are just, if you spend that little bit of t time, the results can it, be Yeah, good. the similarity between tools can be an issue. But yeah, if you make it yours, do your thing. It can look good. Just changing the colors is the biggest thing, you know, especially with icons. A lot of people don't even change the colors of the icon. You know, if you're using a particular gray, mm -hmm. like just make it your gray. Um, make it your brand green or blue or whatever color it is. And it, you know, it's such a small thing and it sounds insignificant, but it makes yeah, a big kind difference. Yeah, homogenizing the design rather than, than just whatever pack of icons you found online. So, icon packs. Uh, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, cool. Um, well, I know we, we kind of have some hard stops here, so I don't want to uh, get anyone <laughs> overbooked, but um, Chris, did you have anything else? No, I think that was a good journey, and uh, yeah, we'll, we'll make sure that there's plenty of links in the show notes to things in case people are like, what was that again? You know, and of course, Laura's own courses and uh, things that Laura does, so uh, uh, um, Dave, do you want to do the wrap? Yeah, so Laura, thank you so much for, for coming on the show and teaching uh this herd of nerds about design. So really appreciate it. Um, if, for people who aren't following you and giving you money, how can they do that? Uh, so there's a couple of ways. You can either follow me on Twitter, which is at Laurium, which is L-A-U-R-I-U-M. Uh, or you can, I have a free six part email course at learndesigncourse.com. Um, and that's just a free, it's, it's kind of like a taster of the full course that kind of takes you through uh, the fundamentals of, um, you know, designing a marketing website or something from scratch. And that's just completely free. So you can sign up there. Um, yeah, it, basically that or Twitter is good for me. Okay, well, cool. Thank you very much. And uh, thank you, dear listener, for downloading this in your podcast or choice. Be sure to star heart favorite it up. That's how people find out about the show. Follow us on Twitter at Shop Talk Show for tens of tweets a month. And if you hate your job, head over to shoptalkshow.com slash jobs and get a brand new one because people want to hire design-savvy developers like you. So, Chris, you got anything else you'd like to say? <sighs> <sighs> shoptalkshow.com. <laughs>